uh, this is a special occasion. We are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pageantry and there's a lot of religiosity and liturgy on a day like today. But the thing that stands out is Jesus Christ is alive. He is alive in the spirit. He's in this very building. In fact, he's in some of our hearts. Let's praise him one more time. to have Brother Ballinger with us. And uh, regrettably, his wife had to leave yesterday, but she'll be coming. And uh, I appreciate Brother Ballinger just following the Holy Ghost while I've not been here. The reports we have received have been phenomenal. So I thank God and I thank you in Jesus' name. Yes. Now, for those of you that are visiting with us, you are in for a treat because Brother Ballinger is not only a Holy Ghost anointed preacher. And to some of you, you're probably thinking, what in the world is a Holy Ghost anointed preaching? Well, that means that we might shout. That means we might get excited. Because as the Holy Ghost gets on him, the Holy Ghost is going to get on us. And the dynamic, the dynamic of apostolic ministry is something that begins in the spirit. Hallelujah. And I appreciate Brother Ballinger so very, very much. He is also, way before he got saved, he was a notable and recognized blues guitar player. And uh, I'm just excited whenever he comes around. He is widely respected all over the apostolic movement. And we want to invite him to this pulpit with a hand clap of, of thanksgiving. <laughs> Brother Ballinger, we're glad you're here. You come and preach, sing, play. We're with you all the way in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands under the Lord. Thank you, Elder. Love you. Oh, let's give it to Jesus. Somebody say yeah, yeah, thank you Jesus, well, it's good to be in church, good to be in church today, I'm glad to be in a place where you can feel something. Somebody said it's not all about the feeling, but let me remind you that that woman with the issue of blood, when she pressed her way through to the crowd and she got her healing that day, the Bible said that immediately she felt. So don't let anybody lie to you and tell you that you're not ever supposed to feel anything. I wish I had a Holy Ghost witness today. If I had about 20 people that know a little something about what I'm talking about, somebody lift your voice and thank God today. He can't tell you. We came to have a little bit of church here today. We're not the first church of the refrigerator and the sophisticated, dignified folk. Come on, somebody. Somebody. 
head just a little bit under the weather, probably don't have any business trying to sing. But uh, the Bible does say make a joyful noise. And it may be noise, but it will be joyful. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Can we do that? can be seated. Oh, thank you, Lord. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he's therefore a new creature. It said, old things are passed away. It said, behold, all things become new. Well, I've been to the river.
Worship the Lord.
Hallelujah. Thank God. Praise God, somebody. out there in the world and in the show business. And that's what we did. We put on a show. Used to, we'd have these festival stages that was as high from the ground as that pulpit is, the top of that pulpit to the floor. And we'd, somebody give me a hundred foot long guitar cord. We tried wireless. They didn't last on us. We were too rough. And uh, they gave me a hundred foot long guitar cord. And I'm ashamed to tell some of this stuff, but anyway, jump. We used to jump off the stage. I used to jump off. They had a fence in front of the stage, trying to keep folks from climbing up there and. Remember this one place in Duluth, Minnesota, there was a festival, 20,000 people, and, and I jumped off that big stage, and I had a, my guitar, and I climbed over that fence, got down on my knees, and crawled my way and dancing through the crowd till I could not get any further because my cord wasn't long enough. And, uh, and, and, and then dance all the way back climb back over that fence, crawl back up on top of that stage, all the big rafters that they had on both sides where they hung the strobe lights, I'd go over there, have a guitar under my arm, and microphone, I don't know how I'd done this, but I used to climb up to the very top, singing, moving, making a lot of noise, Back where I'm from, they just called it acting a fool. And um, not trying to get too country or southern on y'all. But anyway, that's just what they used to say. And so they told me, Pastor Mayo, that when you get in Pentecost, you can still move. Man, one meter God said, if you're playing the guitar... In a Pentecostal church, they're not going to think it's strange if you take that guitar, amen, and run down the aisle and play it at the same time. He said, ain't nobody going to look at you like you're funny. He said, he said it's an having a good time, at least I thought I did. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked me, said, were things going bad? Were things going wrong? Why did you stop doing that and, and go to that Pentecostal church? And, you know, to be sure you had problems. Well, 
every, all my friends were doing the drugs and alcohol. I didn't want to do it because the music was my drug. Yeah, it was my drug. And so, you know, I, you know, people standing in line for two and a half hours wanting your little name on a piece of paper. I thought I was having the time of my life. The day before that, I was all excited because we had a, a contract. and There were no blues folks in Nashville. We were the only ones. We didn't even live in Nashville, but we were the only ones had a contract playing our kind of music in Nashville. I was having a good time. Somebody said, well, it, it had to have been getting bad for you. A lot of times... It has to, folks have to reach the lowest point in life before they try a Pentecostal church. But I'm telling you that you can be on the top of what the world says is the top. And when you come in contact with this, it is so much better than the best that the world has to of society and the praises of men my drummer I told his testimony last time he didn't really care about the accolades of society and the praises of men as much he was on drugs and he liked the music and and uh, but you know what it don't matter if it's the accolades of society that you need deliverance from or drugs or alcohol whatever it is I just stopped by to tell you so much Do the same thing today Because of the power 
Miss Emma Lou lived in a little place called Como, Mississippi. 
Miss Emily used to tell me that on Wednesday night, when she was a little girl, Elvis Presley would drive out of Memphis, make his way down 40 miles, and then get on a gravel road that was over 10 miles long. And there was a little house. And Elvis used to go there on Wednesday night because that's when they had all the gospel singing. And Miss Emma Lou, of course, I wasn't singing gospel. I was in the world playing worldly music. Miss Emma Lou, she said, you know, she said, one of these days, you're going to be singing for God. And she said, you don't even know it yet. But Miss Emma Lou had an old song. love to sing and I'm going to sing it because Miss Emily used to tell me when I thought that this woman had lost her mind but she used to sing an old hymn that they used to sing years ago and it just simply said
be here in church with you this morning. I've been praying and seeking the Lord on what I should say, preach. I will not, I'll probably preach uh, shorter than I say. I don't usually always like to sing because I get carried away. <laughs> I know everybody's not used to have church like this, but Anyway, we don't want to offend nobody, but we're just trying to obey the Holy Ghost. We give honor today to Pastor and Sister Mayo. What a tremendous blessing that it has been to be here, their absence. And, and I certainly appreciate this wonderful couple for their labor, and what they've done in this city. It's an amazing thing to see what the Lord has done. And we've been so blessed to have some fellowship with your pastor and pastor's wife. And it is a wonderful thing to feel their passion for what they do. And it is all about Jesus with them. It's all about letting the Lord work, letting the Lord move in this apostolic message. And I certainly appreciate them for that. Wonderful, sweet people. As I was praying about what I should say for this service this morning, I had a particular message in my mind, in my heart. But then I also had one other little thing that just kept coming at me. And your pastor said something here just a few minutes ago that gave me a confirmation of what I should say. And I've been feeling this. I... We had the privilege of being with Brother and Sister Oswald on Sunday night last week. And what a wonderful, wonderful time that we had. And I felt to minister from this subject, from this topic. And, um, uh, and, and so when it came to me this morning, I said, you know, Lord, I, I, I have went here. I have went there before last Sunday night. But then your pastor got up and said something that really was right in line with what the Holy Ghost was dealing with me about. And sometimes you just got to obey God and quit trying to figure everything out because you can figure yourself out of a blessing. And so I want to obey the Holy Ghost today. Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. When I ministered from this uh, text, this subject last Sunday night at Brother Oswald's, there was a couple of things that I had forgotten about that came to me this morning that uh, I will try to throw in here. Luke, the 15th chapter and the fourth verse. The Bible said, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he cometh home he calleth together his friends and neighbors saying unto them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost when he cometh home he calls his friends and he calls his neighbors because this thing is too good to keep to yourself and notice what he told, told them when he called his friends and neighbors, he said, rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. 
there is no greater happiness than being able to share that with somebody else. They can feel what you feel and have the same experience that you have. Maybe in a different way, but the same, same Holy Ghost experience. But I want to talk to you on this simple subject, and your pastor said it today, that there is no place like home. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus precious name, in Jesus precious name. Glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of the Lord. There is no place like home. I was preaching a revival a few years ago on a Wednesday night. There was a man and his wife that sat on the back row. And they had been there. We started on a Sunday. They had been there the previous Sunday morning, Sunday night. Wednesday night, they were there. Sat on the back row every service. At the end of the service, the pastor, uh, right before we got ready to go eat, the pastor come to me and told me something and said, you notice this couple that, sits in the back row, man and his wife. I said, yes, yes, I've noticed them. He said, I want to tell you what he just told me. And so I want to bring this to you today, and I feel like this is what the Lord would have me to do. He said, me and my wife told the pastor this on that Wednesday night. He said, me and my wife have been faithful members at 10 different churches in this town. He said, we've left every single one of them. We got discouraged, disgruntled mad at people, and he said, we just decided that we were going to read our Bible at home and quit going to church altogether. Now, this man and his wife had never been to an apostolic Pentecostal church. So he said, we had decided we were going to just quit church altogether. Just, you know, they didn't know anything about what we're having here today. And so, I guess about a week or so after that, he was driving as his work would have it, that he drove right past this Pentecostal church that we were preaching revival. And he, this is a true story, no exaggeration what, what, whatsoever. But he said, when I drove by this church, he said, I heard a voice speak to me and say, you need to try that church. And he said, Pastor, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to figure this out. He said, but this is what we've been looking for. He said, I went, got my wife, and we came to church. Amen. That was on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and he gave the preacher that message on a Wednesday night and said, I don't know what y'all got going on. Amen. But that voice that spoke to me, it was absolutely right. Can I tell you, the following Wednesday night after service, him and his wife were both baptized in Jesus' name, got the Holy Ghost in the baptistry. Both of them came out of the water speaking in tongues. I want to tell everybody here today that there is no place like home. 
There's nothing like knowing that you know that you know that you're right where you're supposed to be. That God put you somewhere. That God planted you somewhere. I want to tell somebody today, amen, you don't need to try to figure it out. You don't need to try to, amen, put a put a piece of paper down and, and all the pros and cons and the differences and the indifferences. Amen. The Bible said lean not upon your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. And I want to tell you, if you can always figure it out, it might not be God. If you can always figure it out, it may not be God because the Bible said, lean not upon your own understanding. You know, I wasn't going to tell this part, but I feel like the Lord wanted me to tell this. So, him and his wife, they had never been to a Pentecostal church. They didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. Running the aisles and shouting and and one God, Jesus named Baptist. They didn't know anything about any of that. And so they got baptized on that following Wednesday night. They both got the Holy Ghost in the baptistry. They had a son that was in jail. And the son was getting out of jail in a few months. And so uh, the pastor went to the jail and started having a Bible study and meeting their son and, and just trying to find ways to minister to him and being blessing. Well, when the son got out of jail, he agreed to have a Thursday night Bible study in this particular town that was 30 minutes away from this church. And so on, on the, they were getting ready to have uh, this Bible study with this son of that couple that I was just telling you about. And, and the young man called the pastor on the phone, said, Pastor, said, uh, you know, said, would it be okay if, if I brought some friends with me to this Bible study? <laughs> he just got out of jail, didn't know what he was getting into. And the pastor said, sure, bring all you want. And so the pastor shows up Thursday night for the first Bible study. No exaggeration. There was 26 people in that first Bible study. Hey, I want to tell somebody, this is it. You don't need to look any further. You found what you're looking for. There's a reason we're shouting. There's a reason we say rejoice with us. We found something that we couldn't get in the world. We found something we couldn't get at the meth lab and the crack den and the mu- oh, help me, Holy Ghost, and the music stage. Praise God. Amen. The pastor had no idea when he walked in that first Bible study at the library that there was going to be 26 people waiting for him to have this Bible study, all based on a couple that heard a voice from God saying, try that church. Next week later, and the young man called the preacher again, said, preacher, this is a true story, said, preacher, I hate to bother you, but it, uh, I've got some more folks that want to come to the Bible study. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hey, this is for everybody. It don't matter where you come from. It don't matter how you were raised. Amen. We got to call our friends. We got to call our neighbors. And we got to tell everybody. Said, said, can I bring some more? Pastor said, we can't fit too many more in the library. The library had given them a certain meeting room. Said, Pastor, I'm sorry, but I got some friends. They want to come, and they want to be in this Bible study. And so went to the library. Couldn't fit them in there. On that third Bible study, 
They said, okay, we're going to call. And they rented a, a hall. I guess it was the VFW or something. I don't know what it was. But it was an auditorium that was bigger than the library because they couldn't fit him in there. There was over 50 people in the second Bible study. And you know what God said? Hey, you got this many. You might as well start another church. This thing's too good for me to get up here and act like you don't need this. This is good for me. It's good for you. It'll make you satisfied. It'll bring joy to your spirit. It'll give you a reason to dance. It'll give you a reason to shout. It's for whosoever will. No place like home. No place like home. Man, I'm going to tell you right now. They couldn't, even if I didn't know the doctrine, I thank God I know the doctrine. I thank God I know this apostolic. But you know, before I even could read the Bible, events in my life told me that this is where I was supposed to be. And some of us that are sitting here today, you can't explain the oneness of God. You can't explain why those folks get baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. But the events in your life all point to this direction. I don't have time to tell it all, but... uh, But, uh, you know, I... I shared this last Sunday night. I felt this at, at, with Brother Oswald and them. But, but I'm going to share this again. Uh, my drummer, I told you all about him that first time that I was here. And he got the Holy Ghost, got baptized as a Pentecostal preacher today. And, uh, you know, he got called to preach. And, and so we got invited to go down to a prison to, to minister the word of the Lord. And went to this prison. There was a chapel that had 50, uh, it sat about 50 people in there. And in this chapel, uh, we, we, we were just, you know, having church. My, my friend had a drum set and had a microphone pointed down to him, Brother Leon Baker. He was over there playing the drums, singing. We were what they call tag teaming. I preached a little bit. Brother Leon preached a little bit. I sang a little bit. He sang a little bit. But we had church, brother. I said, we had church. And, and so, first time Brother Leon Baker had ever ministered the word of the Lord away from the home church. And so, we were there preaching. And there was a man sitting on the back row, Mr. Paul McNeil. Mr. Paul McNeil sat back there the whole time that service was going on. Big old crocodile tears just flowing down his face. We gave the altar call. And I saw Mr. Paul McNeil do something that only you can get away with. In a Pentecostal church. <laughs> and so, no, no exaggeration. He, he got up from sitting on the back row and cried, cried the whole service. Got up, was walking down. We had given the altar call. People were coming to pray. And I watched Mr. Paul. He got up and, and started walking down that aisle. He was crying. About middle way from the, from the wall to the altar, he pulled out a harmonica. Well, I wish I had me one right now. I'd play it. Anyway, I can't like I can really play it, but I'd try but, but anyway, he pulled out a harmonica. He was crying. And he did something, like I said, you can only get away with in a Pentecost. Hey, do you know there's some things that you can only do in an apostolic Holy Ghost atmosphere where there's freedom and there's liberty and there's joy? You can't do this in the beer room. You can't do this in the nightclub. You can't. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Mr. Paul McNeil, weeping and crying, pulled the harmonica out 
and started playing that harmonica and dancing his way to the altar. When he got to the altar, he grabbed my shoulder and grabbed Brother Leon and said, I'm supposed to be in your church. And me and Leon looked at each other. We looked at Mr. Paul. We said, yes, sir, absolutely right. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, I'm supposed to be what you are. I'm supposed to be what, and we, me and Leon, we, we know the Holy Ghost is for everybody. So it doesn't come as a, as a surprise to us when folks come up and say, hey, I'm supposed to be in your church. Well, we already knew that. <laughs> Praise God. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, I've been in this prison since 1972. This was in 2012. He said, I've been here for 40 years. He said, the first week that I was here, somebody slid a Bible up under my jail cell, and I read the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter, where Jesus gave the keys of the kingdom to a man by the name of Peter. And I read after the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the ascension of his body back up to heaven to be placed upon the throne. I read where Peter took them same keys of the kingdom of heaven and preached the first salvation message on the birthday of the New Testament church and he said I don't I don't know how to explain it he said but I've been praying for a long time I read then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost he said I've been praying for a long time that God would send somebody to this prison to baptize me in Jesus name can I tell you amen on that following service Mr. Paul McNeil was one of the first of eight people to get baptized in Jesus name God showed him God showed him God showed him there is no place like no place like home brother No place like home. I want to say this. You know, I had a friend of mine. He, uh, you know, it's amazing. I, I wasn't going to tell this because I was trying not to preach as long as I sang. But, you know, it's good to every once in a while brag on Jesus. Brother Leon was in. You know, we got, some of us, some of us got out of the world and we didn't have money. We didn't have nowhere to live. We certainly couldn't afford a washer and dryer. Man, I got in the church. Some folk would look down on this, but I'm going to tell you, I got in the church, and I went to working on a hog farm. Can you imagine, you know, playing up on them big stages with B.B. King and movie stars and different things and all that kind of, amen. Then we go, I go to working on a hog farm. God put me uh, back down to my roots. And, uh, but I had no way to make any money. I done gave it up. You know, God delivered it. Somebody said, you give, I didn't really give up anything. God, you know. Only Holy Ghost folks can have more joy not having hardly any money when they used to have a lot. And then they're more happier. When... And I believe God's people are supposed to be blessed. Amen. But you get what I'm saying. It don't matter what you got and what you don't have. As long as I got Jesus. 
I said, as long as you got Jesus, don't tell me that this is not what you need. Don't tell me that this won't fulfill your soul. Praise God, Brother Leon. So I said all that to say this. Brother Leon was in the, was in the laundry laundromat. You know, he, he got the Holy Ghost, living with his girlfriend. Said, I love you, but I got to go serve the Lord. Moved out, didn't know where he's going to go. And uh, at that time, <laughs> there was an old brother in the church, Brother Watson, Brother Sam Watson. Brother Watson had a trailer park. And, uh, and, uh, and I, y'all might not have those in Washington. But anyway, uh, anyway, he had a trailer park. I didn't have nowhere to stay. Brother, I'm not ashamed to tell you we had some Holy Ghost prayer meetings in that trailer park. Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, I'm not trying. I know we got visitors and guests. Uh, brother Mayo, you, you know, set me down if I get too overzealous. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, when the Jehovah's Witnesses used to knock on the door in that little trailer park, I'm going to tell you, we had some good Holy Ghost witnessing, too. I remember they used to come knock on the door in that trailer for me and Brother Leon. Amen. You know, all we knew was Acts 2.38, and we just read and read and read the Bible. Amen. We we had a lot of time on our hands. We didn't have much to do like we used to do. (laughs) Praise God. So we just read the Bible all day when we wasn't wasn't at work. And uh, and, and so anyways, boy, I remember I got to move on. I'm chasing too many rabbits here today. Man knocked on the door. Man knocked on the door. His name was Matthew. Mr. Matthew knocked on the door and, and, and started uh, talking to me, you know. And uh, I said, how are you doing today, you know. And uh, he said, good, good. I said, you want a glass of tea? And uh, anyway. And he said, no, thank you. <laughs> but just trying to be, you know, hospitable like mama raised me to be. And, 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 but I just knew, you know, hey, you can't win. You, you win people with kindness. You don't win them by being mean to them, you know. And uh, I said, you want a glass of tea? He said, no, thank you. And, and I know you ain't supposed to do this, and I didn't know. But I said, hey, come on in, sit down. He said, no, thank you, I'll stand right here. <laughs> he was already feeling something, you know. He started asking me questions. I started asking him questions. <laughs> I said, what about this, and what about that, and what about that? Well, I spent a long time. You know what, Brother Harvey, the man that won me to the Lord, you know what he told me? He said, before you read the Bible, this is what you need to do. He said, you go down on your knees, and you ask God to open your understanding that you might understand the Scripture. I'm telling you, there is a supernatural experience it's just, it's just as supernatural as getting the Holy Ghost as when God gives you the revelation of who he is. I can take you to the day. I can take you to the place. I can take you to the hour where I was at when God opened up my eyes and gave me the revelation that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And Jesus is the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's why he said baptizing them in the name. Woo! Help me, Holy Ghost. Praise God. And uh, I felt like the anointing come up on me. I'm not so sure, but something did. I'm telling you, I I got to just just asking him this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, and that little trailer park. And amen, it it was run down. It was ragged. Amen, it's probably a good thing the law didn't come through there because they probably would have made us leave. But we didn't have nowhere else to go. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, but uh, at the end of that 
that meeting. And uh, Matthew, you know, standing there. When I was done, at first, you know, I just was asking him questions. And then, you know, and then, <laughs> then I started kind of explaining what I was asking. Because I wanted to see what he had to say about it. At the end of all that, I remember, I won't ever forget, Mr. Matthew said, you know, he said, I can honestly say, I was not prepared for this meeting. <laughs> Woo! Hey, you know what? When you got the Holy Ghost, that's the difference between us and the world. When you know you got Jesus, we're prepared for everything. You may say, well, I may forget about something. That's okay if you may forget about something. But there's a God in you that don't ever forget. When you got the Holy Ghost, you ain't got to worry about what's going to come your way. We are prepared for anything. Anyway. Oh, I got to move on. So we didn't have no washer and dryer. So Leon was down, down at the, uh, I got to hurry up. Leon was down there at the laundromat. And uh, washing his clothes. And when you, get, when, you, when you first get in church, and this is the way it's supposed to stay. But when you get the Holy Ghost, you want everybody to know about it. You, you just look for ways for somebody to open that door. And so we're, I, Brother Leon was in the, in, in the laundromat. He always carried cards with him. And I, I did the same thing. I mean, we always carried tracks and cards. Different. Leon was in there washing his clothes. A young man come walking in who had been in and out of foster homes since he was 12 years old. The young man was in his early 20s. And uh, he come walking in. This young man, he, he told us that he had tried every drug that he could get his hands on. Everything he could get his hands on. And finally, when that was not uh, satisfying him, he said, you know, I think I'll try to find God. He said, so he started reading the Bible. And this man comes walking in. Leon's washing his clothes. The young man starts, you know, throwing clothes in the dryer. They just start talking, talking about life. The young man looked at Leon. They were just talking. He said, yeah. He said, man, you know, he said, I just started reading the Bible. Of course, this man did not know Leon had just got the Holy Ghost a few months before. And, and uh, so he said, man, you know, I started reading the Bible. He said, oh, really? He said, what you been reading? No lie, the young man said, I just got through reading this morning the second chapter of the book of Acts. <laughs> Woo! He said, hey, it gives him a church. You need to come to my church. <laughs> Amen. Young man come to church that Sunday, and he was too afraid. To, he was too scared to come to the altar, but he stood back there. I remember seeing him just standing there lifting his hands, trembling. Sunday night come to the altar, went right to where the pulpit was. I mean, he wasn't playing no games. He got right there with the pulpit, lifted up his hands, cried, prayed to baptize him in Jesus' name. He got the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And you talk about getting drunk in the spirit. We had to help him out of the baptistry. Everybody was gone. He could not walk straight for over two hours after he got the Holy Ghost. And he's in the, and he's in the prayer room. And you know what he said? He said, you know, he went to his brother. He went to his brother. His brother was in drug rehab facility. There was about two or three different rehab facilities on the same street as our home church. And so, and his brother was in one of those drug rehab facilities down the road. And he said, I went to go tell my brother. His brother was in there for trying to get off of crack cocaine. And uh, I don't know who was paying for it, but it was it, the, the, the rehab facility charged $10,000 a week. Can you imagine $10,000 a week? And they, oh, help me, Lord. I, 
I can't say everything coming to my mind. <laughs> but anyway, $10,000. And so he went, he said, man, you're in here, and they're charging $10,000 a week. He said, and you know where I was. He said, you need to come down to my church. And the brother said, well, I don't know about it. He said, man, he said, you know, when we were out there doing our thing, he said, if anybody had told us to jump out of an airplane just to try it, we would have tried anything they told us to try. Amen. You know what some of us used to do? We were looking for the best new thing, the best new high, whatever it may be. And that young man looked at his brother and said, out of all that we've tried, why not try this? That's all I can tell you today. Why not try the Holy Ghost? Why not ask God to help you? I've got so much confidence in Jesus. We've got so much confidence in Jesus that it doesn't matter. No matter where you are, if you just ask God to help you. It's not, well, he may do this, and he may, well, I don't know. Amen. He's going to do something. I believe that with all my heart. And i got to hurry up. This is not an orphan. i got plenty of messages, Brother Mayo. I spend hours and hours and putting them together. But, you know, you know, I'm a, and so, anyway, so, why not try this? Why not try this? There's no place like home. Like knowing you are where you're supposed to be. That it was something that you could not do for yourself that brought you here. I'm telling you, I could not put the pieces of the puzzle together in my life to bring me to an apostolic church. There was no way in the world. There was something, something beyond me that brought me here. So, this is the last one, I'm, and I'm going to move on. But I, I got in the church and got called to preach. And um, I just started going and singing a little bit and testifying at different churches. Got invited to go to Tennessee and, and, and sing and, at a youth rally and give my testimony. So I'm driving. I'm in North Carolina, and I'm driving on Interstate 40, heading over to Tennessee. And, uh, and so I, I was driving, and, and I was coming through a little town called Mebane, North Carolina. Mebane, North Carolina, and uh, I'm driving. And I don't know why, but I got this taste for something that we used to have when I was a little boy. Old country store still down the street. They're still down the road. I mean, it's, I can't believe it's still open. But I was driving through Mebane, and I got a taste for an ice-cold glass bottle, orange soda. <laughs> it's a true story. I'm telling you, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. So I'm, I'm in Mebane, and I'm driving. Well, what's this got to do with God? You know what? There's a lot of things in your life that you don't think has anything to do with God. And it may be it's got everything to do with God. So many of things that we dismiss. You can't dismiss everything. We got to have our spiritual feelers out. I got a taste for this. This. Ice cold glass bottle, orange soda. So, got off the interstate. There was a brand new truck stop right over here. There was a shell gas station over here. And right across from the shell gas station was an old time mom and pop's service station. 
And I thought to myself, well, the chances of me finding an ice-cold glass bottle orange soda like we used to have when I was a kid, probably a whole lot better, not at the brand-new truck stop, or, uh, but probably over there at that mom-and-pop service station. So I go in there, and as they say in eastern North Carolina, to be sure. And then when I moved to Mississippi, they used to say, show enough, there was a cooler Open the cooler and a, just what I wanted. I don't want to say it again because I, I want one. <laughs> Woo! An ice cold glass bottle of orange soda. Ain't nothing like it. Especially on a hot day when you've been working. And we used to work all day and play music at night. Amen. I still like them orange sodas. I don't like that corn whiskey no more though. Hallelujah. So he had one, had him, and I got it, and I walked up to the register, and there was an older man by the register. He said, how are you doing today, son? I told him, I said, I'm blessed. He said, that's wonderful to hear. And he has this card. He said, that's good to hear. He hands me this card, and I take this card, and I look at it, and it said, have you obeyed Acts 2.38? <laughs> I said, yes, I have, and I'm going to preach this message. Woo! Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to respond to the moving of the Spirit. I said, I'm going to preach this. I just, and I told him my testimony. So every time I drive through Mebane, every time I drove through Mebane, I'd stop, and, I, and I'd get me one of them, <laughs> them sodas. <laughs> and, and, and I'd get a little blessing, fellowshipping. Well, this man, this man, true story, he was a faithful member at Bishop Godair's church in Durham. True story. And so, of course, you know, I was just driving through, and, 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 and I'd only heard of his pastor's name. And uh, anyway, so, so, okay, there was another man in that same town called Mebane, North Carolina. His name was Marty. Marty was a drug dealer. As a matter of fact, <laughs> this guitar right here, this is a... <laughs> Custom body fender strat. I probably ought not tell that. Everybody ain't saved. But uh, anyway, I'm not even a strat guy. But Marty, he, 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 was, he had the connections. You can't even order. You cannot even call Fender and say, I want you to send me these parts, and I'm going to put it together. You can't do that. But Marty had the connection. He was a big-time drug dealer. He lived in Mebane, North Carolina. And this guy named Marty, he, anyway, he, he had to connect. He ordered all those pieces, put it together. So, so Marty, I didn't even know Marty then. So Marty was a drug dealer. And you know, you can't hardly deal drugs without being on them. So he was all messed up one time and drove through two gas stations, not at the one I was telling you about. Brother Everett Smith was the one, the man that owned the service station where I got those those drinks. <laughs> but Marty, he was driving one night, messed up, drove 
into the side of a service station, crashed into the wall, broke his femur bone. And he's laying in the drug rehab facility there in Mebane, North Carolina. And there was two men that were working at the rehab center that had the Holy Ghost. So Marty was screaming in excruciating pain. And these two men with the Holy Ghost walked in. And they said, Marty, do you believe the Bible? He said, yes. <laughs> and so they began to tell Marty about the woman with the issue of blood, how she made her way through the crowd and God healed her body. And they said, do you believe that? And he said, yes, I believe that. And these two men with the Holy Ghost said, we're going to pray for you right now. We're going to believe God to do something. And so they prayed for Marty. And Holy Ghost hit him. And this was his words. Immediately the pain was gone. Pain was gone. When they got done with the prayer meeting, these two men, these two men, they said, when you get out of here, you need to find you a church that believes this, 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 and this. And they wrote some stuff down on paper. Said, when you get out of here, you need to find you a church that believes this, this, and that. So, you know, it just so happened that two and a half hours away, you can't make this stuff up. Two and a half hours away, there was a drug rehab facility that met the parking lot of our home church. Two and a half hours away from Mebane. Marty gets sent to this rehab center <laughs> right across the parking lot. You can look at it and see you can be on the parking lot and look at this rehab facility. It's a wonderful outreach thing that God has done. Seriously. And, and, and so on a Wednesday night, Marty's there. He don't know anything about Pentecost except when them two men told him. He's there, and one of the men that they were, that he was in the rehab facility with had been invited to our church on a Wednesday night. And so this guy walks in from the rehab center, walks in on a Wednesday night, Wednesday night Bible study. And, uh, and our pastor said, if anybody here needs prayer for anything, we're just going to, we're going to open up this altar. We're going to anoint you with oil and believe God do something. And so these people started coming up. And our pastor was anointing people with oil. Now the man from the rehab center is watching everything. And the Holy Ghost got to moving. <laughs> people started speaking in tongues. Somebody took off running the aisles down around the church. And the man from the rehab center got scared and ran out. <laughs> Ain't it amazing? Folks can go where they go in the world. Drugs, crazy stuff, things you can't even describe over a pulpit, and they come to a Pentecostal church, and they get afraid. He runs out. He ran out and runs over to the rehab center. And Marty's in there. <laughs> said, Marty said, man, where you been? <laughs> he said, I just went to that crazy church across the parking lot. <laughs> he said, Marty said, what's so crazy about it? He said, well, he said the pastor was laying hands on folks. And he said they were speaking in tongues. And they were running the aisles. And Marty said, wait a minute. Marty said, wait a minute. He said, I want to know the name and the number of whoever it is that invited you there. Because Marty remembered what had happened to him in Mebane. Laying there in that rehab center. That, oh, my God, help me, Holy Ghost. 
Marty calls the brother from the church and said, you don't know me and I don't know you. He said, but I belong in your church. And Marty got baptized in Jesus' name. And Marty got the whole, hey, there's no place like home. There's no place like knowing this is where God put me. There's nothing like knowing God did this. God, I couldn't do this. Somebody help me praise the Lord. Somebody ought to make the devil mad and just open up your mouth and worship Jesus. Really, this is what you've been looking for. Really, this is what you need. This is what you've searched all your life, trying to find everywhere else but in the right place. But I want to tell somebody this morning, you found where you belong. You found the right place. Like Pastor said this morning, there is no place like home. You know, any other time I'd close it right there. Any other time I would say, you know what, let's pray. But it's too good for me to just leave it right there. So Marty got the Holy Ghost, got baptized in Jesus' name because of that experience and those men telling him, well, when his time was up at the rehab center, he had nowhere to live. It was before me and my wife got married, and I got to praying, and uh, went to my pastor and said, Pastor, I don't know where Marty's going to go, and I had several months before me and my wife were to get married, so I said, would it be okay if Marty stays with me, sleep on the couch? Pastor said, wonderful, let's do it. So Marty comes walking in on that first night. And walks in, and he's got this guitar. And, <laughs> woo, don't tell me God won't bless you. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, when we were in the world, some of us were too foolish with money to have anything. And when I was in the world, I was too foolish with money to even buy something like that. And Marty comes walking in with that guitar and several others. And I said, Marty, I didn't even know that he played guitar. And he didn't. I said, Marty, I didn't know you played guitar. He said, I don't. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you can't make this stuff up. He said, I don't. I said, what, what do you got? He said, I build them. Wait a minute, you mean tell me you build them, but you don't even play them? He said, no, I don't play them. He said, I can build them. I can put them together. I can tell you every piece. I can do all, whatever. And so he gave me that guitar. So we're there in this first, first night he stayed at my house. I did not know that Marty was from Mebane, North Carolina. So we're talking about life, talking about, you know, how God got a hold of us. Marty said, yeah, I'm from a little town called Mebane. <laughs> I said, Brother Marty, I said, I know one man that lives in Mebane, 
North Carolina. He said, what's his name? I said, he owns a service station. His name is Everett Smith. He said, I know Everett Smith. <laughs> I said, you know Everett Smith? He said, yeah. He said, 30 years ago, I was 15 years old. I used to work for Everett Smith. I said, he said, yeah. He said, Mr. Everett tried to get me to go to this crazy church almost every day. He gave me these cards. I said, Marty, do you know what kind of church that was? He said, I don't have any idea. I said, let's call Brother Everett because it was an apostolic church. And you know what the Holy Ghost was saying? The Holy Ghost said, welcome home. You found where you belong. You found what you're looking for. This is where you need to be. Everybody in this place today, why don't you stand with me as I close? Somebody ought to lift up your voice. Somebody ought to thank God. Amen. Somebody ought to come to this altar and say, Lord, you brought me here. You put me here. You brought me here. I'm telling you, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. But there is a God that orchestrated your footsteps to be in this place on Easter Sunday 2019 for God to do something in your life that you could not do for yourself. Somebody help me rejoice. Somebody help me worship God. Thirty years ago, and God had never left him. Thirty years ago, amen, and God was still trying to let him know, hey, this is what you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to do. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to question it. You don't need to try to ponder it. You need to accept it as the will of God. You need to accept it as the will of God. Accept it as the will of God. There is no place like home. Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let's pray, everybody. Let's pray, everybody. In the name of the Lord, there's people here today that need a miracle in their life. There's people here today that the world has not been good to them. Amen. They need something from God. They need something that is heaven sent. They need something that is anointed. Oh, let's pray, church. Let's pray, church. If you're here today and you need the Holy Ghost, you need to let God fill you with His Spirit. If you need deliverance, if you need peace in your mind, I don't know where you're I don't know the chains that have been placed upon your life, but all that I do know is that there's no place like home. There's nothing like knowing God did something for me that I cannot do for myself. Oh, let's pray, church. Somebody pray and believe. Somebody pray and believe. In the name of Jesus, he can't tell you.